Join Pastor George Zunwa on a journey of genuine God encounters through the Word of God. Through the teachings of Pastor George Zunwa, you will gain knowledge on how to triumph over challenges and transform them into testimonies. For more information and testimonies, contact us at 0702-5950 or 0702-5950. 5951 experience the power of God's word Jesus exceeds expectations in case you have been praying and the first week has gone you didn't get something maybe there's something that you are missing the great evangelist T.L. Osborne made a comment many years ago he said the greatest cause of backsliding among believers is unanswered prayers People don't hate Jesus. They don't hate the gospel. But many times frustration arises in their life after waiting for answers to prayer. Now, God doesn't promise to give us everything we ask for exactly the way we ask for it. No good father on this earth will do. If you do that, you damage that son. He promises to be available to you every time you ask and to give you what you need. And I believe that in this season, you will have your answer. Amen. Psalm 65 verse 2 says, Oh, thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. That's why we come. He hears prayer. And in Matthew 7, 7 to 11, he says, Ask and you shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be what? Opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receive it. And he that seeketh, find it. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. And they say, oh, what man is there of you? Whom if the son asks bread, we give him a stone. Or if he ask a fish, we give him a serpent. If ye then, being evil, if ye then, being human beings that can sin, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your father which is in heaven give good things to them? that ask him. So one guarantee we have about prayer is that prayer opens the door to spiritual realities and to the supernatural. The moment a man begins praying, anything is possible. Remember when Jesus was praying in the Mount of Transfiguration? The Bible says while he was praying, his countenance changed and then there appeared to him, Moses and Elijah. So prayer transforms you. Prayer opens the supernatural realm. So your positioning in prayer is dependent on what you're looking for. And the question I ask is, what are you looking for? And how far are you ready to go with God? You see, whenever somebody comes to prayer, the first encounter of prayer is receiving from God. The second encounter of prayer is knowing God. The third encounter of prayer is becoming like him. First thing is, okay, give me. So he gives you. But you don't know him. The more you pray, the more you get to know him. And beyond that, the more you pray, the more you become like him. The reason people are struggling with all kinds of bondages and addictions and sins and failures is that they can't pray. So the first thing in prayer is receiving from God. So that's where most members of church stop. They come to God. Lord, I need a baby. Lord, I need a car. Lord, I need this. And sometimes when God delays answering them, it's so that they can pray until they know him. That's why it looks like they are delayed. It's not that God is wicked. It's because many of the people don't understand that prayer is not about receiving something only. Prayer goes beyond that. Prayer gets to knowing God. There are things you know about God. Have a consciousness that I know this about God. 
I know this about God. This is how this is going to end. And then beyond that, becoming like him. God is a faith God. God is a power God. God is a purity God. Suddenly your life begins to take the force of grace. In the name that's above every name. May God take you there. Psalm 63 verse 1. Oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsted for thee. My flesh longed for thee. In a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Why am I coming to you? Verse 2. To see thy power and thy glory. So as I have seen thee in thy sanctuary. What is he like? Verse 3. Because thy loving kindness or your mercy is better than life. My lips shall praise thee. But the question is, if God promises so much in prayer, why do people get only tiny things in prayer? Very minute details. When you look at many people's life, you find out that to them prayer is a chore. To them prayer is just a duty. They make prayer look as if prayer is a duty. That if you don't pray, God will be angry with you. There's nobody angry with you that you didn't pray. No, 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 no. All you do is you lose fellowship. You lose communion. If you're my friend, and we'll be relating. And you spend one week, you didn't send me a text. Two weeks, you didn't. Three weeks, you didn't. One month, you didn't. What happens is that the way we flow, we reduce. That's why I explained to you, the first thing about prayer is receiving. That's where a lot of people stop. And you see some people, when they're looking for children, they pray, 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 pray. Baby comes, they can't pray again. The reason is because they don't understand that the second dimension of prayer is knowing. And beyond that, is becoming. There's a place you get to. When you come, God comes. When you speak, God speaks. Things happen. Your faith level rises. Your boldness and authority. That's what it means you are becoming like him. You are being changed into his likeness. And it happens in prayer. But even at that, a lot of people, they want to receiving nothing. If they have 20 prayer points, only half is done. They prayed in January. How far? Prayed in February. How far? Prayed in March. How far? And it gets them frustrated. And many of them don't sit down to ask, why is this thing not working? And one of the reasons it's not working, not all the reasons, but one of them is that they ignore the prayer essentials. You see, in the spirit realm, when God says this is a necessity, you don't negotiate it. If you run around it, you're just wasting your life. You know, the Bible talks about the high priest going into the temple. And he said, not without blood. That word, not without blood, means that you dare not enter without blood. But even when you enter with blood, you must offer it right. Everything done must be done right. Do you know what the Jewish people do when a high priest is entering a temple? They make sure you wear your garment. And there are tassels on your garment with bells hanging on it. You know why they're doing that? Because nobody can enter the Holy of Holies. That high priest inside the Holy of Holies, they tie the rope on his leg and somebody is holding the rope outside. Because if they don't hear that bell, they will drag his leg to know if he's still alive. Because he's right in the presence of God. That's how much fear they had for God. If they drag his leg, it doesn't shake. And they try it, it doesn't shake. They know he has died. They'll use the rope to drag him out because nobody can go inside to bring him out. When the Bible says, no without blood, you dare not enter because you won't return. When God says something is a necessity, don't argue about it, just get into it. And in prayer, there are prayer essentials. There are things that guarantee you have answers to prayer. Now listen, if I prayed as a church, like we have a season of visitation now, and we come to the meeting, and we have prayed and prayed, and we have asked God to minister to us. Listen to me. 
We're not talking about your prayer being answered. We're talking about the atmosphere and the impartation that is flowing. Where we know whether your prayer is answered or not is when you stay on your own and you kneel down before God and place a request before God on your own without any intervention, whether God hears you personally. And that's the most important thing you need to know. Because many times in your life, you won't have the pastor there. Today, I'll just give you four essentials of prayer. If you do one and don't do the other, you can still go empty-handed. None of these things are things that God will ignore any one of them. The first one is word meditation. A lot of Christians pray, but they don't stay in the word. John 15 verse 7. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. And my word abide in you. How much of his word is in you? How much of scripture have you internalized? They say, but I'm a child of God. I've been praying. Uh, God promised me. Excuse me. If you abide in me, you are abiding. And my word abide. No, there's no word. You missed out. There are people who, if you activate them, they can give you 18 people's phone numbers of head. They can quote their bank account and that of every neighbor they have off head. Every business person they're doing something with, they have crammed the bank account. They can even call somebody's car number. Even the owner doesn't know the car number. But you can't find three Bible verses inside them. The word connects you to the will of God. How do you know what the will of God is without the word of God? When you see what God says about anything, you know how he thinks about that thing. The word quickens your boldness of faith. The more of the word you know, the more bolder you are making a demand. If God promised anything, you are bold in asking for it. And the word gives you a spiritual missiles for war. You want to fight? The missiles to use is the word of God. It is written. That's what you used to attack doubt and fear and unbelief. The word directs you on actions to your answers. The word is indispensable. And that's why he said to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have what? Good success. Can you imagine the number of Christians who wake up in the morning? They don't have any Bible verse that dwelling on in any week. They have nothing with the word. They just carry on. No, no. He said, this book of the law, meditate. What is meditate? Have you seen a goat before? Woke up in the morning and is chewing and there's no food. Do you know that he's actually chewing food? But there's no food. The reason is that when he ate, he stored it and then brought it out to re-eat it again. That is where meditation is gotten from. Meditation means to re-chew, to chew the cord. It's used from what herbivores do. It means that after you read the Bible verse, you revisit it, you eat it again. One Bible verse can give you answer seven times. The more you spend time in it, the more you see God in it. The more you see life in it. To meditate means to mutter under your breath. You're talking to yourself. You're muttering under your breath. That's what God told the Jews. Mutter this scripture. Recite it to yourself. Talk it under your breath. The, the business is calling you. And there are oppositions over there. You're muttering under your breath as you're walking toward that place. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. They shall surely gather but not of him. Nobody's hearing you. But you're meditating. By the time you get there, the door 
doors are open. Why? You are staying on the word. That's how to win the battles of life. When you are entering it, the word, the word, the word, the word. Fellowshipping with the word is fellowshipping with God. In the beginning was the word, John chapter 1. And the word was with God. And the word was what? God. The emptier we are of the word, the more weightless our words become in prayer. You don't pray your words to God. You pray his words back to him. So without scripture, prayer is powerless. Charles G. Finney was one of the great preachers of old. And he was a lawyer. He said argumentative prayers are the greatest prayers anybody can pray. What are argumentative prayers? You pick a Bible verse and you look God in the face and say, God, you say this and you're not a liar. You can't deny yourself. Can you get this done for me? Because your word must come to pass. He said, you are, arguing, you are making your case with God. He said, that's how to go to God. Not to come out of nowhere and you are asking for something and you have no Bible basis for it. You don't know any scripture about what you are asking about. And you are insisting that you must have it. On what basis? He said, bring forth your strong reasons. What are your reasons? Jeremiah chapter 5 verse 13. He said, and the prophet shall become winged and the word is not in them. If the word is not in you, you are just talking nonsense. You are just a wind. It is impossible to walk in the word of God and not have dominion in the world. It's impossible. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. Dwell richly where? You remember what some people do. Whenever they're having problem in their life, they take Bible and put it under their bed. <laughs> they say, I need to put Bible. It's holy Bible. Satan will come collect the Bible and use and hit your head more in them. Yes, it's holy Bible. Fine. But it doesn't dwell in you. The word is not meant to dwell in the book. It's meant to dwell in you richly. Why don't people do this? They don't understand the word foundation for answered prayers. There is nothing we are using in this journey we are taking other than the book you have in your hand. The place you give to the word in your life is a place you give to Christ in your life because the word is God. The reason people can't spend time in the word is they live a hurry and worry life. They got up in the morning, I'm rushing out, I'm rushing out, I'm rushing out. Where are you are rushing out? You rushed there yesterday, nothing changed. You rushed there last week, nothing changed. Spend time with God briefly. And other people think that emotion makes up for Bible principles. So they get more emotional in prayer like this. They sing and they cry, they cry, they roll on the floor and they pray with, oh, they think that emotion makes up for principles. The principles are there. If my word abides in you, you ask. If it doesn't abide, waste your time. This is the season to get back into the word. You choose a scripture that you fixate on and hold it until it works for you. You pray it continually. You confess it continually. You keep advancing against the devil with that scripture. And before long, you see results. The second essential is mercy works. Necessity of mercy works. You can't receive mercy in prayer unless you give out mercy. Matthew 5 verse 7. Blessed are the merciful. For what? They shall obtain mercy. You can't imagine the number of people who are crying for mercy who don't understand this principle. Oh God, give me mercy. Oh God, show me mercy. Oh God, show me mercy. Oh God, show me mercy. The essential, the principle, the foundation to obtaining mercy is blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So question is this, now that you are praying for mercy all through this month, where have you shown yourself merciful? 
It is impossible to be unforgiving and be effective in prayer. Mark eleven twenty five. It says, "When you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses." You can't imagine people that are binding and losing and are quarreling with their wives and husbands. You can't imagine people that are still having ought against their uncles, their aunties, their neighbors, and are binding and losing. And they, they, what he did to me, I can't forgive. Then you can't obtain. Remember Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5. He said if you bring your offering or your gift to the altar. And remember that somebody has altar against you. He said drop your gift on the altar. He didn't say go with your gift. He said stick it on the altar. But go settle. And come back and offer. So some things are important. If you don't forgive, it violates your own forgiveness. In Matthew chapter 18. From verse 23 to 35. You see the story that Jesus gave. Of a young man that duped his master took his master's money and was owing a lot of debt to his master. And the master called him and said, oh boy, you have messed up. I'm going to give you to the people that are going to punish you. They will sell your wife, sell your children. And if the money is not enough, they will sell you. And this young man begged him. And the man said, okay, no problem. I forgive you everything. And he left. And he saw somebody owing him. Now the money he stole, he borrowed somebody out of it. And he made the young man that was going him and grabbed the young man. The young man said, I beg now, I will pay you later. He said, when is later? Call police on the man, arrested the man, put him in detention. And the Bible said the story got to his boss. The boss sent for him. He said, I forgive you everything. You couldn't forgive this boy, that small one. He said, the one I forgive you, I withdraw it. And Jesus said, so shall my heavenly father do unto you. If from your heart you don't forgive men their trespasses. That means that when you don't forgive, God canceled the one he forgave you. Now mercy works also go beyond forgiving. It also adds to giving. Somebody say giving. Isaiah 58 verse 6. He said, is not this the fast that I have chosen? What is the fast that I have chosen? To lose the bands of wickedness. To undo the heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. That you break every yoke. So he said, okay, I'm going to do spiritual warfare. He said, that's good. Do that. Next verse, part of the fast. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry? And that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house. When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him. He said, the fasting I mean is that while you are fasting, do good works. The food that you didn't eat, give it to somebody. Let somebody benefit from you so your prayer can be answered. How does that connect to prayer? Look at the next verse. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning. And thy health shall spring forth speedily. And thy righteousness shall go ahead of you. And the glory of the Lord shall follow behind you. Then thou shalt call. Then is a key word. Then thou shalt call. And the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry. And he shall say, here I am. So forgiveness and mercy works go with fasting and prayer. Mercy works is one of the keys to reversing judgment. If there's judgment against you, against your family, there's an accusation, there is something that is fighting your generations. That's one of the keys. Look at Daniel chapter 4. When Nebuchadnezzar had a dream in which he saw somebody coming down from heaven and the man shouted, cut down this tree. Leave the stump on the ground, but cut it down and let it stay for seven seasons. And Nebuchadnezzar sent for Daniel. I said, Daniel, please, I need an interpretation of this dream. Daniel said, Kai, may this dream be on your enemies. He said, but king, even though I pray that it may be on your enemies, about you. There's an accusation, Nebuchadnezzar, you have been accused in eternity. 
and the voice of the Holy One has gone out, that he should cut you down and send you into the bush for seven seasons. He said, you'll be mad for seven years, but you come back to your throne. He said, but Nebuchadnezzar, there's one way you can take away this thing. There's one way you can reverse this judgment. Verse 7, wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee, and break off thy sins by righteousness, and thy iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, if it may be a lengthening of thy tranquility. He said, break off your sin by righteousness. Break up your iniquity by showing mercy to the poor so that the time of your peace may be lengthened. That's what people don't understand. So they don't know that when we are fasting and praying, it's a time for them to open their hand and help somebody. I told you these are the missing essentials of answered prayers. So mercy work guarantees answers, guarantees a harvest. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 3. You see, if the cloud be full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. Didn't they teach you about evaporation, condensation, and damporation? It evaporates. It then condenses. And then damporates. If that is not in English language, I put it there. <laughs> For it to rain, it must go up first before it comes down. If nothing leaves your hand, nothing will come from God to you. Earth must release before heaven can pour down. That's why a lot of people in church don't get answers. Why is it that they don't do messy works? Let me give you the first reason. They misunderstand the difference between reconciliation and forgiveness. They think that forgiveness and reconciliation are the same. So, until somebody comes to beg them, they can't forgive. Now, listen. You give people forgiveness whether they beg you or not. Whether they repented or not. Forgiveness is you release them from your heart and hand over the judgment to God and move. Let God sort it out. So, you don't need to reconcile. You don't need to talk to anybody to forgive him. Just release him. Lord, I'm no longer angry. Lord, I'm no longer quarreling. I hand over to you. You handle it the best way you want. I move. And before you know it, God is dealing with the issue and you're moving. If the person comes back, you can reconcile. Another reason people mess up this thing is they take spiritual warfare to the area of bitterness. Uh, they told them that somebody is doing them, so they hurt the person. And the sickness is not gone. The poverty is not gone. And yet he has a new enemy, his uncle. A true deliverance minister doesn't have to tell you why. He has to give you the answer. His steps in miracles happen. Not give you a reason why it won't happen. Another reason people don't forgive and don't give is they think others are taking advantage of them. And they know, if I let him go now, he will take advantage of me. No, sister. Romans 12, 17. He said, recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceable with how many men? With all men. Live at peace with them, even if they are evil people. Next verse. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. What is the way to handle this thing now? Next verse. Therefore, if thy enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, you set him on fire. In so doing, you heap coals of fire on his head. The way to punish your enemy, to burn up his life and destiny, is do him good, not do him bad. So stop trying to avenge yourself. And let God take over. So sow seeds of good works. Find somebody to buy food for this week. Find something to do to somebody who is poor this week. And then stand before God and say, Lord, I plead for mercy. And God will give you mercy.
In today's fast-paced world, we all need contacts and mentors on social media for inspiration, motivation, and more. You can connect with Pastor George Izunwa on all his social media handles. Follow him on Facebook at Pastor George Izunwa, Instagram and Twitter at George Izunwa. Connect and let's take the journey of greatness together.